Hey baddies, welcome to another episode of Will Mickey Pronounce These Celtic and or Celtic Words Correctly? Spoiler alert, no. I, <laughs> I have been walking around my house full cuckoo bananas mode, as I always am, um, just saying to myself, Lucina, Lucana, Lucuna. <laughs> I'm going to try my best with these words today. I will spell them out for you again if you need me to. I posted the wheel graphic in the Facebook group if you happen to be in there. So you have some idea of what I was saying last week. But yeah, I mean, Salwin got it. Uh, belt, no, don't have Beltini, Belt. no, it's just not going well. <laughs> Lucina, it's on another planet, but we're still going to get through it because we have so many festivals to talk about today. But I still have to welcome you to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Speaking of getting our witch shit together and just our shit together in general, right? In generally, what I was about to say, in general, um, have you been doing your work with Pele? You know, she showed herself to us last week. She had a bomb message for us about how it's time to chase those passions and to put ourselves first and to make ourselves priorities and look at how we're uh, making assessments of how we're using our time and what's really important to us and to not defer our dreams for someone else's. So what have you been doing? Have you made your list like you were hopefully supposed to, well you weren't hope you were supposed to do it but hopefully you did do it um did you make one for kind of your real world and then not the like iconic reality show but the life that you live in um and did you make one for your witch world and did you actually start to tick away at that stuff you know it was it's so crazy this witch thing is the craziest thing do, like do you ever you know we're so deep into it at this point well we're 25 weeks into it. If you, if you started the day this started, then you're 25 weeks into it, which is, you know, still kind of deep. I think it's not like we're in the first five episodes, but there's still always these moments where something happens. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> this is so crazy. Being a witch is crazy. And it's, it's this process that constantly, constantly not, I don't want to say proves itself because it doesn't have anything to prove, but constantly reaffirms itself. Like, I, I can't ever imagine myself wavering or losing faith in being a witch and in my practice and in witchcraft, like as a, as a whole, because it just constantly pops up and it's like, Hey, just in case you ever want to doubt me, here's the tea. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, working on stuff, I've been working on, um, I have a, hopefully fingers crossed by the end of the year, a move in the works, a big, a big move in the works. That's something I've kind of been playing with for the last two or three years and I got derailed a little bit. Um, but that's a story I've kind of already told on this podcast. And if you follow me on social media, I guess, or we're, we just happen to be friends, but yeah, I've gotten really on track with that. I've been doing so much research for the move and the visas and reaching out to people, making connections already. I might already have a friend that lives over there. Um, but yeah, I don't want to say, Oh, it's so annoying though when people talk about something and they're like, oh, but I can't say yet. Like, I'm not a celebrity. It's not like it has to be some big secret, but it's more just I, I'm, you know, we're witches. We're super, we're superstitious. We know about jinxes and hexes people can send our way if they don't necessarily wish is the best. And I just want this to all fall into place nicely. So I will share it as soon as it's all lined up. But so I was making assessments for that and really making it a priority and putting the work in and the research, trying to get Pele to be proud of me, <laughs> but to circle back to how crazy this witch thing can be. 
Um, I decided to pull my card today. I have been a very bad witch as of late. I posted in the Facebook group. Just haven't smudged. Uh, going into a new month, going into a new week, I always love when those two things sync up because it's like a fresh start with a fresh start. Just no. D didn't take a salt bath. Didn't pull a card. Didn't look at a crystal. I, I lost my cell at night. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. Um, and didn't smudge. So I was like, hey, girl, you got to get on track. You got to make Pele proud. She, She's watching you. You got to do the damn thing. So I smudged yesterday. And then I was like, hey, you have to pull your cards today, especially because you're going to do the podcast today. Like, get it together. So I'm shuffling. Do, do, do. And sometimes, and I don't think I mentioned this in the um, card reading episode, but it can be very hard to focus. It just, it just can. It's, we are busy people. We live in a crazy busy world. There's no time to just kind of stop and breathe and slow down, which is why we try to have this focus on meditation with all of us and try to make that part of our homework every week, even if it's an unsaid thing. Um, cause I don't always say it because I'm too busy talking about other stuff, <laughs> but you know, it's always there. We're always supposed to be doing it. Um, so I was shuffling the cards and my mind was wandering. It happens. I'm, I'm saying that to say, if you are shuffling your cards and you're reading for yourself and your mind starts to wander and you're not just saying, okay, this is what I need to focus on. This is the intention of this pull. And you're so serious about it. It's okay if your mind does kind of space off because the rhythm of shuffling your cards in the first place, it does put you into a rhythm where it can be a mindless kind of unconscious thing. And so, yeah, your mind's going to wander. And, you know, we just have stuff on our minds and that's why we're pulling our cards in the first place to be like, please help me. What's going on? Give me some signs. Give me some clues. Give me some answers. So I'm sitting there shuffling and I had just a vision that popped in my head because um, where I'm hopefully moving in months, times in the future, not like in the next week. Don't worry. I won't have any crazy acoustics because I'm back in Europe all of a sudden. But um, I kind of just had this vision of what I should do when I'm there for work wise, like it's hard to explain. I just saw myself doing something that will be a potential career for me that felt like it was on my path. But also more on that later once I actually establish it. The point is, is that I had a vision when I started shuffling. And then um, I then kind of snapped out of it and had this conscious moment of like, oh, if this vision comes to fruition, then I'm going to need someone to help me. And I was actually thinking of the exact person who I would want to help me, who I like, you know, trust implicitly and would always kind of want to partner up with. And as soon as I had that thought, had the vision, I had the thought. And then the card that fell out of my deck while I'm shuffling. And again, I'm not like paying attention to the cards. I'm just thinking while shuffling. Um, the card that fell out was Green Tara and her meeting is her meaning is to start delegating. And I was like, what? just happened. It was so crazy. It's just so crazy how things line up like that. Like I have this vision, touching my cards, I have this vision. My immediate thought is I'm really going to need someone to help me, especially if I end up moving abroad. I'm going to need someone in the U.S. who can help me with this thing that I have, you know, in my mind. And the card that falls out of the deck literally means start delegating, start asking for help, <laughs> like pull people into what you're working on. Mind blown. I, isn't, isn't being a witch the coolest thing? I feel like I say that every episode, but isn't being a witch just the coolest thing? And that we just constantly have confirmations and we constantly 
have have reason and proof to believe in what we're doing and what we are. You know, it's not just that we are part of, I don't, I'm, I'm tempted to not use the word religion, but you know, like set of beliefs, religion, whatever word you're comfortable with, a tradition, a culture, whatever. But it's not just that we're a part of it, but it's like a part of us. You know, a lot of us are just natural born witches and the connection is so insanely strong. So yeah, I just wanted to share that uh, story with all of you because in doing my work for Pele and trying to make her proud and doing my homework this week, I pulled my cards out, had this vision, had this thought and the cards confirmed it. And it was crazy. Oh, and then, so I usually do a three card pull for myself and then I'll do a yes, no card. So of course the answer in my head was, should I move to this place? Will I end up moving to this place? Like some variation of that. First card that falls out is yes, an emphatic yes. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Listen, what I, I always mess it up when I try to say it, but it's like the cards, I'm not always there when the cards call, but they're always on time. So this is a reminder to get your cards out. Um, Lena shared her beautiful astrology update with us and today is the second. So we have a new moon today which you won't hear this until tomorrow, but that's okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you're in the Facebook group, you're already seeing it. But um, in talking about the new moon, I also wanted to touch on intentions and setting intentions because we had a question in the group about, um, wait, did I say welcome to July? Hi, welcome to July. <laughs> this is our first episode of July. That's so exciting. We're like deep into summer now. Um, hi, I hope everyone has had a wonderful uh, first day of July. And if you celebrate 4th, I hope it's fun and safe and great for you. Hi, welcome to July. Sorry, I just totally skipped over that. I get so excited. Anyway, so we have our new moon and someone asked about setting intentions. And so I wanted to touch on this because, um, because of the question, but also because of a comment that was in response to the question that I think is very important to acknowledge. So for me, again, this is the Mickey method. This is not me. This is universal for all witches. It might not be for you. That's totally fine. But if you are having a hard time thinking, how should I set my intentions? How should I approach intentions? What What is an intention? For me, the way that I like to think of them is as goals. Um, but also it's a it's a frame of mind. So my intentions are being approached with love, with positivity, with hopefulness. Um, I try to just create an aura for myself, like a, a clear mental space of all positivity, all good welcome in, all negativity, all bad pushed out. So intentions at once can be a, a frame of mind. That's how I look at like what you, sh the surrounding intentions of what you're doing. Does that make sense? Like you just kind of create an atmosphere of positivity as best you can. You know, it's not always really easy to get to a positive place, but you want to always be coming from a place of light because it then fuels light into whatever intentions you're pouring out after that. You know, that's why we are light workers. We work with literal candlelight. We work with fire, all of these things. So yeah, at once for me, your intentions are the frame of mind that you're in. But then for me, my intentions are my goals is the best way I kind of try to explain it and align them. So, um, maybe a year ago now, yeah, like a year ago now, my intentions would have been something like when I was 
you know, very heavy into my Instagram career and it was at its peak and, you know, not necessarily that now. <laughs> that's okay. Things change and we go through transformation and that's a beautiful part of the new moon is setting new intentions and going into things with a fresh start and fresh eyes and to prepare yourself for change and transformation. That's, those are all great things. So something ending isn't always a bad thing. A lot of the times it's the chance of a new beginning versus a loss or a death or this has come to the end. You know what I mean? So anyway, my intentions this time last year would have been something like, um, I'm going to set my candle and what I'm writing down is I will travel the world and be paid for it. I will move abroad, which is an intention I'm still working on. I just changed the geographic location up, but it's still there. Um, I will have more financial abundance in the month before. I will, what else was I asking for? Who knows? I'm always asking for something, to be honest. Um, uh, and then I always, you know, have something for good health, um, something for like happiness, you know, trying to kind of contributing back to that mindset that I'm always approaching things from the right place. But it really is a time where it's okay to ask for things. And witchcraft is a limitless thing. This universe is limitless. Witchcraft is limitless. The only limit that exists in it is the limits and boundaries that we put on ourselves because we're, we think that we're not allowed to ask for things. We think that we don't deserve things, which is why I say every episode, you deserve good. And it's okay to ask for that good. It's not just, you know, and, and like the concept of good is like, it doesn't mean that you just deserve to have a good day. It means that you deserve to be able to run off to Tahiti and just spend six months there if you want. You know, like it's it's not this just concept of, oh, I should be happy um, because I got a free coffee. It's like you should be happy because your life is going perfectly, you know, like good is, is not a, is not a limited thing as well. All these things are limitless. So why are you limiting yourself within this limitless space? But it's something that, and I can't, I don't know if it was last week's episode or if it was the bonus episode, but I went on a real big rant about, <laughs> it might've been the bonus episode, about especially what women think that we deserve or we can ask for or how we have to be because of the limits that society puts on us. Like, yeah, it was the bonus episode because you know, I was talking about being a Leo and how I love Leos. I There's a lot of attributes of Leos that I steal. <laughs> I take them for myself. But a lot, of it, a lot of it is the confidence. It's the drive. It's the ambition. It's the follow through. It's the courage. It's the bravery, which in men, you know, typically in, in like this gender binary concept, for men, those are all admirable, admirable traits. But for women, it's disgusting if we're like that. We're bitches if we're like that, which I love being a bitch. I'll be a bitch all day long. I think it's great. To quote Tina Fey, bitches get things done. Was that Tina Fey? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, we, especially as women, but not just women, you know, however you identify or if you're male, if you're not, whatever. Um, we are really taught we're only supposed to want so much and there's a limit on it and that it's selfish to want more, but no, not at all. Not at all. Don't limit yourself when you're working in a limitless space. Like a lot of, like that's the thing we always are, our own blocks and our own boundaries a lot of the time. And it's just because of what other people put on us. It's what society puts on us. It's not, you're not born with like, oh, I only deserve good up to a certain point. 
I only deserve happiness up to a certain point. I only deserve health up to a certain point. No, no, no. You deserve all of it. It's, it's good. You know, it's, it's limitless and it's good. And it's all there. And we should have the strength and the self-confidence and the belief in ourselves to ask for it. So if you're finding that the hurdle that you're hitting is that you think you're asking for too much, I'm telling you, and this isn't a Mickey belief. This is a, this is just true. This is a fact. Here we go. Ask for whatever you want. As long as it doesn't harm other people, ask for whatever you want because it's there for you to take. It's other people telling us that we shouldn't do that. But like, they don't pay my bills. <laughs> they don't pay my bills. They don't pay your bills. They're not my mama. They're not your mama. So no, no, no. Don't let other people put constraints on what you think you deserve. And other people can be one individual in your life who's a naysayer or it can be society as a whole. So ask for what you want. You cannot receive what you deserve and you cannot just. Dis- you cannot receive what you want if you're not willing to ask for it. Like that's a big step. You have to be able to take that step and say, I deserve this and I want this and I'm asking for this and I want to receive this. Being open to receiving is something we've talked about before. It is extremely hard, again, especially for women, because we are taught that we are supposed to give, 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 and that's it. That's it. That's that's the whole conversation. <laughs> We're not taught how to receive. We are not taught that that we can be selfish. And there's not, I mean, there's some things wrong with being selfish in certain ways, but what's so wrong with putting yourself first? It's like Pele said again, you know, like what's so wrong with prioritizing yourself and your dreams and your goals and your beliefs? Why are you so willing to do it? For, and not, I'm not pointing my fingers at anyone, but like you, us as a whole, why are we so willing to do it for other people, but won't pay it back to ourselves? It's just, huh? it's just so crazy. The things that other people put on us and then it takes away from our progress and our growth and our good. And they're able to walk away from it and then collect on their own good because the things that they put on us, they don't believe for themselves. You know, have the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> you will see what the universe will give you. They are not afraid to ask for anything. Like, they're profiting off of everyone else being too afraid to ask for what they want and to take what they want. No, we're all going to have that confidence going forward. <laughs> you know, no, nothing like having, having the confidence of an average mediocre white man who just happens to, well, not even happens, but who benefits from a lot of privilege. Let's take it for ourselves. So yeah, when you're writing, all that to say, when you're writing your intentions, when you're speaking your intentions, even when you're just thinking your intentions, there is not a limit to it. It is limitless. You can say, I want to be a lion tamer. <laughs> that is really your heart's truest desire. I want to uh, be the first person to colonize Mars. Like, at whatever it is, it's not outlandish. It's not selfish. If it is true to you, then it is true. And it is good. And you deserve good. And that's the point. You know, so we got this new moon energy. We have a lot of wacky things going on in the cosmos currently. But I just wanted to touch on the intention thing because it does go to Pele last week. And again, this is just for me. So if you want to get in the Facebook group or if you want to share an email with me and be like, well, this is how I view setting intentions and this is what I do for it. Absolutely. For me, I align them with goals. That's just the easiest way for my brain to process them. Um, but I also just wanted to point out that there is no limit to it. Be a no limit soldier. (laughs) 
sorry. <laughs> Louisiana reference. Um, oh, also I'm an old person. So that's an old person, old person reference, but yeah, there's no limit to it. And I don't, I don't, cause especially cause I saw the word selfish being used. I don't, there's just nothing selfish about being who you are. You're a witch. It's, that's not selfish. You have powers and you have gifts. And if you want to use them to help yourself and not always expend them on other people, that's not selfish. It's okay. Of course, help other people. Of course, be a healer, be a light, you know, do readings for people and make spells for people and create floor uh, washes for people. We were talking about that in the group this week too. But it doesn't mean, again, we're so programmed, give, 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 and you can't receive anything back, especially when you're receiving it from yourself. Like you're giving yourself, you're part of this power that's being harnessed to create these intentions and to bring them to fruition. So yes, use your powers for yourself, for good. You are absolutely allowed to use that. You are not selfish for being a witch. You're not selfish for being who you naturally are. And you're not selfish for asking for what you want. If all of us were comfortable asking for what we want and especially for what we deserve, then the world overall would be a better place because it wouldn't just be one sect of people. I'm not going to name any names, but I kind of renamed who they are, but like, you know who it is, <laughs> you know who these particular groups of people are who have no problem asking for what they want and taking what they want. So yeah, as long as you're not out to hurt anyone, as long as your intentions aren't, I want to be, um, the most powerful witch and suck up everyone else's power to harness as my own. Okay. That, don't do that one. <laughs> that one's not good. <laughs> you got to share the wealth. <laughs> But as long as it's not anything like that, it's not selfish. Ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. Isn't that from the something? Is that from the Bible? I don't know. It's a good policy though, because as soon as you put something out, that makes it real and it breathes life into it. And that's why it is so important to write down your intentions, to speak your intentions, to think your intentions. It cannot be said enough that spelling is a spell. Okay. Also, while we're here, I meant to mention this a couple of weeks ago, just another like random top of the episode, even though we're 20 minutes in, <laughs> top of the episode thought. But I just wanted to say another reminder because we're talking about kind of speaking things to power and, and breathing life into things. Please, especially because we're going into uh, Mercury going retrograde, and I think we have five retrogrades now. And communication is, is ruled by Mercury and something we have to be so careful with, especially during this period. And for this, it's communicating with yourself and communicating kind of with your higher being as well and you know putting all these things out there this is a reminder please be so careful about what you say about yourself even if it's you just being self-deprecating in like a humorous way or if it's a legitimate I hate myself today I hate the way I look I probably shouldn't even be saying this out loud on the podcast universe this is just an example don't come for me <laughs> you know or um you know I'm I don't want to say all the negative things that come to mind about ourselves that we let ourselves think and not even let ourselves, but we're conditioned to think or that just creep in on their own. You know, our mind has a mind of its own a lot of the time. Please be so careful. And I know it's a lot harder. Well, at least for me, it's a lot harder to control my thoughts and to control my spoken words and control what I write because things just pop in my head all the time, especially when, you know, we have visions and stuff. But please be so careful with what you speak a lot about yourself because what you speak is what will happen and what will be true. That's again why it's okay to ask for and be be more persistent and be stronger and be more confident in the intentions that you set and the wishes that you make and the spells that you put out 
because what you say will be true. So if you are down on yourself, if you're dogging yourself out, that's what's going to be true. So I just want to say that as a reminder because I saw it in another Facebook group and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something we, we need to make sure everyone knows. It's just put it out there, especially during Mercury. Communication goes haywire. And we always think about communicating with other people and signing contracts with other people and things that don't necessarily just revolve around ourselves and our own house. But communicating with yourself is also really, really important. And if the messages you're letting yourself receive are that you're stupid and worthless and horrible and have no hope and your life will never be good and you you made this one mistake 10 years ago and you're still racking your brain about it, just let it go. And don't say that stuff out loud. Don't don't say it to yourself. Don't say it to other people. It's It just doesn't do you any good. And it's it's okay. <laughs> whatever mistakes you've made, whatever flaws you have, whatever way that you're not perfect, it doesn't make you a bad person that doesn't deserve good. We all deserve good, even though we can be horrible monsters sometimes. I can be terrible um, a lot. <laughs> I mean, not on purpose, but, you know, I, I have depression and anxiety, and some days I am just a monster. And not even to just, hopefully not to other people, but to myself. I can treat, I can be an absolute monster to myself. And I don't deserve that, and you don't deserve that. So if the thoughts are really hard to control, like they can be for me, I, I totally get that. You can control your spoken words a little bit more. So just really try not to beat yourself up too much, okay? Because I love you. And if I love you, you can't be that bad. Because I don't love a lot of people. <laughs> Pretty much just my baddies. Okay. So speaking of, let's do our Patreon shoutouts real quick. Um, speaking of people that I love so much, I love you to the moon and back. From the very bottom of my witchy heart, it means so much to me. That you have signed up on the Patreon. So thank you to Maya, Aurora, Celine, Lindsay, Alicia, Nolly, Heidi, Stephanie, Lena, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Sola, and Amanda. You're all my beautiful babies. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's do the crystal. Let's do the crystal of the week last because we have so many. We have so many festivals to talk about today, and we want to jam-pack them into one uh, mega episode. Gosh, if this goes, <laughs> this goes like two hours. Y Yay, I guess. That's great. You'll have more to listen to when you're walking your dog or going around the block or going to meditate by a lake and doing your laundry and all that stuff you do when you listen to a podcast. So we'll see. I'm very determined to squeeze this all into one episode though um so we can move on to a fun topic next week now that this isn't fun this is very fun okay so uh yeah we'll do crystal of the week at the end of the podcast I just I just wanted you guys to know I didn't forget to do it <laughs> like I usually do it's in there it's locked in <clears throat> we're gonna get our crystal of the week because we know it's very very important okay so let's start with um what we can kind of consider well not kind of we can consider our witchy new year which is our beloved, our favorite, our orange and black, <laughs> our bone-chillingly wonderful Samhain. My absolute favorite thing to say about Samhain, though it's not my favorite thing about Samhain, <laughs> is that the veil is at its thinnest. Ooh, doesn't that just feel so good? It just is like kind of spooky and ooky. I'm a spooky girl. I, ooh, look, mm. I don't love being scared. I hate being scared. <laughs> like I love being scared in the moment that it's happening. And then, you know, at nighttime when it's time to go to bed, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have watched. I shouldn't watch that. 
I should have made a better decision. I should have just watched a 30 Rock rerun, but I watched the Poltergeist, and here we are. <laughs> like, I'm terrified, and I can't sleep. These are very dated references. But I love being scared. I love the spookiness. So I love the idea and the concept of the veil being the thinnest. And by veil, we mean the veil between our world and the world of the dead. The veil between the living and the dead just thins on out and you can almost just kind of poke a finger through. <laughs> but it, it also doesn't have to be a scary thing. It means that that's the day where we can really communicate with our ancestors with, and you know, not taking it that far back, but our relatives, our loved ones, anyone that's passed on, our beloved pets as well. It doesn't have to just be like, here come the ghouls and the ghosties are coming for you because it's Halloween, you know? And that's where the whole concept of wearing the costume is. It's when we're disguised and they're not going to realize that we're a human that they can come and, you know, kind of attach themselves to or kind of mess with and come after. But I think it's a really beautiful thing that the veil's at its thinnest. And it doesn't have to be the spooky thing, but it absolutely can be too. I mean, I know I'm not the only one who's experienced some spooky things on Halloween, which, speaking of, when I do our Salwen extravaganza that I talk about every week that isn't for, what, five more months, <laughs> I would love, and you can start doing it now, I would love for you to send me some of your Salwen Halloween stories. If you do have a spooky, ghosty story, I would absolutely love to have it. Um, I want to, you know, share some with all of us. It's just the most fun. It's just <laughs> the most fun day. Even though there really is this respect and this reverence for those who have passed on built into it. And, you know, I talked about this last week where um, in my culture, for example, we have Toussaint the day after. And that's when you go to the graveyard and that's when you bring the flowers and you say the prayers and you light the candles and you really remember. But Halloween is like the party before, you know, <laughs> in my culture, that's a thing, too. You know, in New Orleans, we have a second line for a funeral. There's music and there's dancing and there's reverence and it's an uplifting spirit of celebration celebration versus a down heavy feeling of death you know and the thing that's so beautiful about Samhain is that even though we're so acknowledging death and literally the veil being thin and literally working with the spirit world it's it's our new year because it's about rebirth and it's about beginning it's not just about sitting in this heaviness of death like we talked about last week, Samhain means first frost. So to us, you know, being in our, our current calendar year, we're thinking, okay, this means that it's the beginning of winter and that things are going to slow down and things are going to start to kind of die, you know, not people necessarily and not things, not, you know, living creatures necessarily, but our planet, it kind of goes through this period where it goes bare and it goes cold. But for us in that moment, in that day, or in, in that festival period where we're celebrating Samhain, it's so much about the idea of a rebirth and a death, not a death start, a fresh start as much as it is about celebrating the dead and acknowledging the dead. You have to acknowledge death in order to live your life. You know, there has to be that, that balance there. They just, they just equate each other and there's that relationship. It's symbiotic. And so we have this day, this final day for us as witches where we're not just literally recognizing the dead as in people that have passed on but we're recognizing the death of things the concept of death the idea of death if there are things that are not working in our life that need to die you know for lack of a better word that is when we can let go of them if there's situations if there's relationships if there's people that haven't literally died but you need you need your connection to them to be dead to be no more 
it's a day to let all that stuff go. So, you know, we are so used to on December 31st going into a new year and making resolutions and saying, these are the things I'm going to leave behind. These are the things I'm going to change. It's almost like shedding dead skin. You know, it's kind of how I like to think of it. For us as witches on Samhain, we have that same opportunity. So we're how lucky are we that we get to do it at least twice, you know, and I kind of do it every month. Like, what didn't work last month? Let's move on to something else. Maybe I should get a little more than a month. I'll change that to a 90-day policy. But it's that idea of acknowledging the dead and then letting the dead rest. You know, we have that one day where the veil is thin and we can communicate with the dead at, at the highest level. It's the easiest for us then. But let the dead rest. Let it lie. There's... <laughs> Here comes the Real Housewives reference. Um, Heather Dubrow, who was not one of my favorites, but you know, I, I had she had her moments. I, I had some appreciation for her on uh, Real Housewives of Orange County. To me, the worst franchise, but that's a whole we could. That's not this podcast. We don't have time. <laughs> but she, I can't remember who she was fighting with, but she made a, a comment that sticks with me all the time, which is, if everybody says you're dead, you need to lie down. You know, and that's kind of how I feel. If something needs to just be put to bed or maybe buried, or buried, buried, let's go with buried, then let it just lay down, let it rest, and don't bring it into your new year. And even though for us, we're entering this cold, quote unquote, dead, quiet, you know, there's no vibrancy, there's no growth, there's no blooming period, it doesn't mean that that can't be a fresh start for us. There's something very fresh and invigorating about cold air, about snow. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I haven't lived in a place with snow for a really long time. But I know when I lived over in Paris, when I lived in New York, I, w I loved it the first three days. And then I was like, oh, really? This is this is a whole season? You'll have to do this for months? <laughs> Wasn't so into it. But those first few days, there's nothing more invigorating than being in the flush of snow and cold and it just hitting your face. And you you feel good. You feel alive. Your, your cheeks go pink. You know, we're talking about this dead versus life thing, death versus life. And it's because of that cold that your face kind of brightens up and lightens up and you feel your blood coursing and rushing a little bit faster to keep you warm. So it's just this really beautiful relationship. And Samhain is the kickoff of that. And it's also our Halloween. It's our All Hallows Eve. It's our Day of the Dead. It's our last harvest. It's our Winter's Eve. It has all these different names. But for us, it's Samhain. And it's just, I just think it's the best. It's so fun. <laughs> you know, maybe that's because I know in America, it's a little bit different. Um, when I was living over in France, and I was an au pair, the kids didn't celebrate Halloween. And I was like, what? What do you mean? You don't run around in like a fun costume and just eat candy for the next month and then have to go to the dentist because you've jacked up your mouth. So I know for us, it's a little different. But I think that's kind of cool too, that a lot of us get to grow up with the association. Well, I mean, I'm pretty close to the Bible Belt. Where it's like it's devil's night and, you know, witches are consorts of e of the devil and evil. So let's not go in that direction because that's not true. It is a beautiful night. It is a new year. It is a ch chance for rebirth. It is a chance for transformation. It is the first frost that's going to come in and invigorate us even though the earth is kind of dying in its, in its way. And it's so beautiful and it's so fun. And so if you, <laughs> listen, a lot of adults still dress up, especially in the U.S. So if that is your ritual and that's how you still want to celebrate Halloween, that's amazing. I love that. But if you want to do it in a witchy way, this is what I like to do. Because the veil is at its thinnest, I, I'm i not so big on 
tingling with the spirit world because here's the thing <laughs> as witches as empaths we already attract that we already have that kind of sensitivity and we already attract spirits and sometimes the bad spirits like to slip in with the good or disguise themselves as the, as the good and because that's not the kind of witch I am I don't want to tangle with that stuff because you just never know what's going to happen. I, you know, I said I'm a spooky girl. I like to be scared, but I don't want to be scared past 5.30 p.m. when the sun goes down. I want things to go back to normal once I shut the TV off or, like, close the book or whatever I'm doing. So I don't like to tangle with that so much. But I do like to show a lot of respect and love for my ancestors because I know that's where my witch DNA has stemmed down from. So I will light a black candle and a white candle. One represents death. One represents the rebirth. And I will just do an offering of things that are specific to my family and my culture. So you can obviously do different things, but I'll do an offering of chicory, which is associated with one of my relatives that really watches over me, of honey, of a little cinnamon, of um, like four leaf clovers, just because, well, I'm not Celtic or Celtic or Irish, obviously, because I can't pronounce any of the words, but it's something that was important. Um kind of in growing up in this witchy way with my family. So we keep that going. And what else do I do? It kind of also depends on who I'm focusing on at the time. But yeah, coffee actually, <laughs> coffee actually plays a big part in it, which the irony is I'm allergic to coffee. I absolutely cannot have it. Um, it almost killed me uh, like last year and a half ago, last year and a half ago. That's how we Talk about time. Yeah, I can't have coffee. I can touch it, which is fine. But uh, even smelling it starts to make me kind of sick <laughs> when it's like all brewed. So I, um, it's chicory and coffee because that's something that means something to us. And so, of course, yours is going to be exactly like mine. You're not going to have honey or four leaf clovers or chicory because you're not me. But a little offering just to say, I see you. I feel you. I miss you. I remember you. And there doesn't have to be necessarily a spell or an incantation or anything you chant, <clears throat> you know, my allergies, I'm so sorry. They are, they just popped up the second I started recording. As always, how rude. I'm going to take a Zyrtec and hope for a better life. Um, but yeah, so there's not a necessarily an incantation, a spell, a chant that I like to do. It's more that because the veil is thin and I know that in that moment they can really, really hear me. Oh, you know what else I'll do? Um, I'll offer a pipe. <laughs> Even though, like, who has a pipe just sitting around that doesn't smoke? I do. So I'll do an offering of a pipe, pipe or an offering of a tobacco. You know, what I, you find your own fit. Um, but I will just talk and, and get to say in that moment, I know you can really hear me, and I do miss you, and I see when you flicker the lights, even though I'll fuss sometimes and be like, stop doing that, I'm trying to work. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll smell, I know when I smell this thing, I know that you're there. Oh, that's another good thing. You can do like a perfume or a cologne that one of your, your closer relatives wore. Just whatever reminds you of them and whatever seals that connection and lets them know that, hey, it's okay. I know the veil is thin, but I'm not scared. It's okay for you to come and say hi. Um, and you know, that hello doesn't have to be, oh, here's, here's my apparition. <laughs> it can be, here's, I'm going to come in a dream later. And that night I do find that my dreams are the most active that they are all year long. If you can't even imagine, I, I barely can because they're, my dreams are constantly wackadoo, <laughs> but they are the strongest that night. And I am very convinced that on, um, the eve of Samhain that I, am not dreaming. I am very convinced that I'm actually 
the the one time a year I'm a hedge witch is <laughs> Samhain, and I'm actually going into different dimensions. Um, which I do sometimes not meaning to, but I don't I don't believe that, that is a dream. I believe that I've actually kind of transcended in a way. So I mean, a lot of you might experience that as well, and definitely let me know. And let's talk about the ways to be the safest doing that, because that's always a little bit of a jarring experience <laughs> for me. But uh, yeah, it's 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 you know all this bad witch stuff. It's never a specific right way to do anything. Come from the right place set the right intention. And it's okay to simply say, I miss you. And I love you. And thank you for being around me. And, uh, or could you come around more? Could you help me with this thing that I'm, I'm moving on from and I'm leaving this in our old witch year and we're starting this new witch year. And can you watch over me with this? You know, I can't tell you how to talk to your ancestors and your angels and your relatives. That's you, you know, you already got this. So don't worry about doing it the wrong way. But yeah, black candle, white candle, um, and I like to do my own offering. Other things that are associated with Samhain are apples, catnip, corn, corn. Yeah, corn, like harvest. Yeah. Um, pears, squash, gourds, you know, like the things when you think of that kind of fall harvest, those things and wormwood and then, um, obsidian crystals and onyx, those beautiful, super protective black stones which are very handy to have, again, because the veil is thinning out. And sometimes that means, you know, ghouls and goblins too. And so that will kind of create a protective barrier for you. I will say when you're do doing your, um, if you're choosing to do an offering and you're choosing to light the candles and you're not just going out dressed like, I don't know, Meryl Streep from Big Little Lies this year and getting wild. <laughs> you're just getting bug wild and drinking and don't, you're not doing a ritual. Don't worry about it. But um, if you are choosing to do some type of ritual, I would, as always, uh, protect it with a circle of salt. You don't have to cast the full circle. You're not doing, you know, true, true full out spell work. I mean, actually, maybe you are. So cast a circle if you want to. <laughs> but I would just cover yourself and your altar or wherever you choose to place this offering um, just within a circle of salt or brick dust if you have it. <laughs> I've seen a few places online where you can buy brick dust. I think I've said this. Um, I would tread lightly with that. Just, I don't know. Some people could absolutely be legitimate, but it's the internet. And they could also absolutely not be legitimate. So if you can collect it yourself, perfect. If you can't, salt. Go for it. And you'll be all good. So that is Samhain in a nutshell. <laughs> There's definitely more we're going to talk about. But uh, what a way to start the new year, you know? And that's actually such a good thing to keep in mind too is that like I said before last week when that time change hits it can be oh and also again this is for our hemisphere <laughs> it will not be October 31st but still apply it you still got it you you got it um but you know it can be hard for us when those days get shorter and shorter and we're working our way towards the solstice that I lose all concept of time and joy and happiness. It's just horrible. So knowing that framing it in the fact of like, this is my new year, and this is my fresh start. And I'm using that energy towards making all these changes and having this rebirth, which is one of the best things that we can let ourselves experience and go through painful, it may be at times, approaching it that way, instead of I know a lot of people think, okay, well, Halloween's over and that's the last fun holiday. And now I have to like deal with my family for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I'm really stressed about New Year's because I have to do resolutions and make it the best night ever. No, just like stay at your house. It's totally chill. Or just like take a trip. Don't even try to go to a party that costs you $500. Um, 
but yeah, people kind of lose that exuberance at Halloween and are just dreading the next expanse of time we have to go through. But if you're looking at it as the new year, it does, it does reframe it for you. It rebrands it. And I find that it helps me a lot. I'm more, and you're kind of, you are really kind of stuck inside more. So it gives you a lot of time to work on personal projects, personal development, personal changes that you want to institute in that time. And by the time it's fresh and sunny again, and everyone, not all non-witches or magical beings are finally going through their new year, you already got all your shit on lock. <laughs> so we're ahead of the curve, you know, which is our extra special, aren't we? So yeah, that is Salen, our, our most favorite day. Well, I, I don't know. You're going to write me and be like, Nikki, my favorite day is Lucina. And you're saying it wrong. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so after Salen, let's move on to Yule. I was thinking before I started recording this episode that I don't remember one Swedish word. I was with my ex for a year and a half, like in some change maybe. I don't know exact timelines, but I don't remember any Swedish. I don't know. It completely left my mind, but I guesstimate that I am still saying you're right, even though I don't remember one single other word. I don't remember hello. Hey, I don't know. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't matter at this point. But Yule is our winter solstice. Y'all, I'm so sorry if this sounds choppy. I have to keep pausing because I have sneezed maybe 25 times since I started recording this. <sighs> I hate it. I hate having allergies. What do I do? I mean, besides take allergy medicine and go to an ENT and do my nasal spray, which will probably clear all of this up. <laughs> anyway, so Yule is our winter solstice. And as we know, as we've just gone through our summer solstice, that our winter solstice is when we have the least amount of sunlight for the year. December 21st. It feels like it takes forever. <laughs> but again, like we look at Samhain and we look at it being the day of the dead, but it leads to a rebirth. But we have this longest, coldest day of the year. It means that as soon as it's over and we're done with marking that occasion and we've done the festivities and celebrated it, that the sun is returning to us. We're going to incrementally, incrementally start getting those long days again. So, you know, the sun is being reborn and it's returning to us. And so don't think of it again as like this cold, frozen, barren time. It's this time where the sun's coming back and we have this hope on the horizon and things are going to be beautiful and lively again. And Yule is a celebration. I mean, these are all celebrations, but Yule is a celebration. That is what we associate most closely with Christmas, with Saturnalia, Saturn, Saturnalia, Saturnalia. That's pretty. It's such a, I've always really loved that word. And, um, in theory, like in my mind, when I say it and when I see it written, I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. And then I say it out loud and it's <laughs> horrible, but what else is new? <laughs> So I'm going to read you some associations with Yule because there is a lot of them. So herbs for Yule, you're going to know these, the greatest hits. We have holly, pine, evergreen, our Christmas trees. For the deities, we associate Odin and Pan. Pan, one of my favorites. I've gone on at length about Pan. I don't remember what episode. It must have been the summer solstice episode. Um, colors are, of course, red and green, gold and white, yellow and gold. Can I tell you? <laughs> of course I can that I've always hated red and gold, uh, red and green together. I think they just clash. I just, I, I'm just not with it. I'm not with it. I don't, these are not colors that I feel like need to be together. So I'm one of those people that loves a white and gold Christmas situation. Is that bougie? It's either incredibly bougie 
or incredibly tacky. Is it Bougetto? It might be Bougetto, to be honest. I am all about having the real tree. Although I'm like, oh, is that is is that not good for the environment? And maybe I shouldn't. Ooh, the smell of a Christmas tree is one of the best feelings in the best sense in the world. Sorry, y'all, I'm so sniffly. Um, and just that ambiance of being surrounded by that Christmas feeling, a big part of that is that smell of the evergreen or smell of pine. Um, but yeah, maybe that is bad for the environment. Someone, someone let me know. I'm trying to be more ethical about my smudging and my, my consumption of all these things that are being driven to extinction. So anyway, let's, let's do a candle for that tonight. But yeah, I love a gold and white situation. So gold and white and yellow and gold. Um, our stones are our bloodstone. One of our new favorites, rubies. Y'all, I love a ruby and garnets. All the red stones that I wish were my uh my birthstone. I'm sorry, Aquamarine. You're you're great too. Um, for drinks, you have wassail, a hot drink made from wine, beer, or cider, spices, sugar, and usually baked apples, all served in a large fun full. Lit. Get, give me two servings. Give me five servings. I'm not going anywhere. And lamb's wool. <laughs> Doesn't sound as good, but stick with me. Ale mixed with sugar, nutmeg, and the pulp of roasted apples. Hmm. Sounds spicy. Um, hibiscus and ginger tea and apple cider. I'm an apple cider queen. Once the once apple cider hits the shelves, I'm like, don't talk to me for two months. I'm busy. <laughs> like, don't come my way. Um, and then it's also known, of course, as the day of the children, midwinter. Um, instead of saying winter solstice, you can say midwinter, like we said, midsummer. Um, Mother's Night, Saturnalia. Mm. And of course, Christmas. So the other thing about Yule, Yule, <laughs> the other thing about Yule is, you know, we have at least one person I know who listens to this podcast in Denmark. So let me know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just butchering any kind of Scandinavian-like accent. Because of course, I know I am. I could, when I could speak Swedish, I could barely speak Swedish. But the thing about Yule, it, <laughs> Yule is um, it also does represent this time of, like you, with Yule, with winter solstice, going into Christmas time, if you happen to celebrate Christmas as well, you do really want to kick it off. You want to get it on and pop in, get it going and make it this true revelatory celebration because we have come out of the harvest. And traditionally, in this winter period, people didn't survive necessarily. If you had the old, if you had the sick, if you had, you know, children, not everyone was going to make it through the quote unquote famine period. It just was a, a reality. You had to work with what the harvest and the livestock produced for you in that time. You stored it away. You tried to make the best of it. But cold months, especially, you know, in getting the Wayback Machine, cold months, no heat, no fire. I mean, no, they had fire. Fire was literally the first thing man, like, got together. <laughs> you know, no central heat. Um, you know, poor living conditions, poor sanitation. I mean, that still exists to this day in lots of areas where I'm not going to start. I already went off about it in uh, the bonus episode. So if you want to get on Patreon, you can hear me yell about the conditions that people are having to live in in, in the United States and people having to come here or having to live in. But I'm, I'm not going to start right now because we're talking about celebration. So let's keep with a positive vibe. Um, but yeah, it was seen as a famine period. And just, you know, the hygiene was different. The housing was different. The, the life expectancy was different. Education was different. Science was not as advanced as it is now. I'm not going to talk about vaccination. <laughs> so hard not to rant about it and how we need to do it because it keeps us good and we can have all these celebrations. But all right, I did a tiny rant, rant over. But yeah, in this period there, you would have an occurrence of death. And so when we talk about 
it being the coldest time we talk about you know first frost if we're talking about death again it and the planet dies but you would have an occurrence of people dying as well it was just a fact of life then and you know continues to be a fact of life now to an extent so yule is really that celebration because you know when we're into the winter some of us do celebrate thanksgiving i don't because okay i can't I can't keep setting myself up for like political rants and <laughs> not going on them, but I don't, this isn't a political podcast, which I always say right before I start on something, but I, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people do celebrate outside the U.S., be they expats or married to someone from the U.S., you know, whatever. Some people just like to experience Thanksgiving. When I was with my ex, I know his family was like, oh, we'd love to do that. If you like came here and did that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know those people. I don't do Thanksgiving. That's not my business. But anyway, so we have that to look forward to. And then, you know, Christmas is, or not just Christmas, but those kind of holiday celebrations are, are a universal thing. A lot of cultures celebrate in their own way, be it more in a pagan, Wiccan, uh, midwinter celebration, or be it Christmas itself, or be it Hanukkah, you know, whatever. So that celebration is so important because then after that, <laughs> we get to New Year, last party. And then pretty much from January to the end of March is bleak. It's just, that is what I consider real winter because there's nothing to look forward to. And it's like, even in my, my Instagram blogging career, may it rest in peace. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's going fine. It's going okay. Um, you know, January was the worst time for us because all of the spend, the ad spend for working with bloggers on campaigns was sold out October, September, October, November, December. And then you get to January and you don't work for a solid month. And, you know, even people have not even, you know, in the blog world, they have tapped out all of their money spending for the holidays. They're traveling, they're getting presents, XYZ, buying food, gaining 20 pounds, just me. And so <laughs> January is when I start to think of the bleak period. And so when we think about the famine period, that is that expanse where you have winter, but you have nothing to celebrate with it. So Yule is really important being with your family. It's before we really get into the thick, thick, thick of it. And, you know, back in the day, supplies were going to start to run out and people maybe weren't going to make it through. So for Yule, Christmas is my celebration for that. But as a candle queen, <laughs> as a candle witch, I do like to get my white and my gold candle light them. I like to uh, also do a wreath situation to keep uh, with my candles. So I will get some holly. I've always loved holly, even though it's like very prickly. <laughs> and I also would definitely try to eat the berries as, as a kid because something's wrong with me. And I'm pretty sure holly berries are poisonous. Is that right? Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to look it up after I'm recording anyway, but I'm pretty sure they're poisonous. So um, don't do that. Don't just eat unidentified berries. But the thing is, we have a holly bush outside of my house, literally. So I would just have it all year round. I mean, the berries wouldn't always be there, but I would always mess with it and prick myself and be like, ow, and then, you know, do it again. Kids, takes kids a long time to learn stuff. All that to say, I could, so I could actually go and get it from my backyard and kind of just, not that I'm a wreath maker by any means, but I would just make something out of holly and have it with my candles just in an acknowledgement of the Christmas season. But like I said, having the tree in the house has always been a big component of it for me. And we always get a natural tree. Again, let me know if that's problematic because I'm not sure. But if it is, let me know. But just, you know, sitting with the tree, 
especially when it's all lit up and when it has the lights on it, it exudes even more of a warmth to it. I just would always sit with it as a kid. So that was kind of my not knowing 100% what this witch situation was, but knowing something was going on and I was drawn to this kind of thing. It's like making potions in the backyard with a stick, you know? I would just sit by the tree and just sit in the warmth of it and just, I guess, be in kind of a meditative state. So you can absolutely do that. You can go the candle route. You don't, you can get red and green. I'm sorry that I'm aligned red and green. I just don't like them together, but I love holly, so I might, I must like it a little bit. But yeah, um, I think wreath making is a really beautiful thing, especially if you're a green witch to do for Yule and to put your energy into it and let it be a meditative experience for you as well and set your intention into it and just place it with your candles or hang it over your door. Ooh, mistletoe too. Yeah. I mean, except don't like make anyone kiss anyone else because that's creepy. That's not what consent is. And don't, <laughs> don't let anyone kiss you if you don't want them to, but mistletoe too. Um, and just have it around the house. It, it even just creates like this, this, I don't want to say barrier, like an energy field. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to talk about flubber, <laughs> but when you have these different, like a wreath on the front door, a wreath on the back door, and you have them just kind of surrounding the perimeter of your house, it creates this energy space for anything you do cast in that space. Just like casting a circle, it's going to be more potent and more powerful. So if you want to just sit and be meditative and sit by the tree and that's as much ritual as you feel like doing, wonderful. If you want to make one of the drinks that we talked about, um, lamb's wool, for example, <laughs> anything that is like an ale, wine, like mold wine, beer based, cider based. And then, um, the apples are really important and you can add a little, I don't, I'm a very, I'm very into honey. So you can add a little honey to it. Um, cloves, cinnamon, you know, cloves and cinnamon and ginger are all good for luck and protection. So never hurts. And so if you're into making more of a potion situation, you can absolutely do that. So that is Yule, <laughs> our midwinter, our shortest day of the year. That brings us the promise of sun arriving, even though we have a little bit of bleakness to go through. Okay, so <laughs> next we have the first one that's very hard for me to pronounce, which is Embolk. Embolk. I don't know why my Celtic and or Celtic accent is... I don't even know what that is, but Embolk, I can try to say it with an American accent, means ewes, E-W-E, like a female sheep, ewes, milk, and it represents like the fertility of the coming spring when life is starting to spring back up for us and the little sheepy bellies are starting to be um, rounded with the promise of new lambs and everything is going to start springing back to life. So you, you, gosh, you is harder for me to say than Imbolc. Ew's milk is what that word translates to. And let me just say, this is a good time to bring up a story about Mama Donna, who is doing so well. Her eye healed so quickly, and I know it's all because of all of your healing vibes that you sent, so thank you so much again for that. Um, right here, Retrograde, you ain't got us yet, <laughs> even though you haven't even started, but I probably shouldn't taunt Mercury in Retrograde. That's probably not the thing to do. Anyway. Um, so let me tell you a story about how she denies being a witch, but she is, she's a witch, she's a witch, she's totally a witch. So when I was a kid, well, I mean now, um, I grew up Catholic, talked about this, and we were always Catholic, and go to church, pray, rosaries, priests at the house for dinner, that kind of Catholic, <laughs> nuns in the family. My mom still tries, when I broke up with my ex, or when he ghosted me, <laughs> whatever, uh, my mom was like, oh, you could go, uh, I, the convent's having a go-see if you want to go, and I was like, I, I could, 
there's probably a step between like breaking up and becoming a nun. <laughs> Let me just explore that area, but I will get back to you. But I always remember her saying, oh, you know, Christmas isn't really in December. It's March. She was always emphatically told me Jesus was born in, uh, in March because the stars that led the three wise men wouldn't have been in the winter sky and that uh, the animals that were present his birth were like springtime animals, Lamb of God, for example. She's real big into the nativity too. She like collects nativity pieces. Shout out if you ever want to get Mama Donna a present. That's a perfect thing. But yeah, she would always, basically it was her way of saying what we should actually be celebrating is in bulk. So it's like February, March, well, February for us, but it's like that springtime idea. But we moved the the Christian Christmas to December so we could kind of interweave it with the pagan beliefs because that was how they thought they, I mean, Christians and Catholics thought that they could get um, people to convert to Christianity. If they're, oh, our holiday is the same time as yours, which Yule, winter, mid midwinter, winter solstice it is. So they kind of married it to that. But she would always tell me, no, 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 he would have been born in March because like the lambs were there. So Mama Donna recognizes in bulk because she's a witch. <laughs> That's the whole point of this. And I'm tired of her denying her witch identity. I want her to come out of the broom closet. One day, one day I'll get her. One day we'll all get her. Anyway, so again, in bulk is about kind of the first flush of fertility, the first flush of spring. We're not there yet. It's, you know, we have Ostara to get to, but it's warming up a little bit. The days are getting a little bit longer. We're starting to see the animals come out and be like, hey, all right, hibernation was like pretty tight, but I guess we'll do this thing with you, you know? And um, actually in bulk, so that you no connection to is that our, our, our past time, past gone witches would pour milk on the ground as part of marking this occasion. So um, sorry if you're lactose intolerant. Still love you though. And also fire is a really important part of Embolk because again, we're talking about the return of the sun god. Like we're getting there. We just got to hold on for a few more weeks, month, month and a half at the most. And so there would be the tradition of um, putting out the fires that were in the home and relighting them on the eve of the occasion of the eve of the feast to welcome in the sun god to say, welcome, you know, not only are we waiting heavily in anticipation, but we're actually welcoming you. Here is our fire. This is our kind of offering to you. Um, there would also be a burning of a candle that would last all evening. And there's, there is such this feeling of family and, you know, that's your blood family, but a coven, you know, a community, but you just gather and talk about your plans for the coming season when you can finally not be in your house in the dark, you know, not us necessarily now, but back then. And they would feast around it and they would just do it all night long until the candle would burn through. We talked about before how some people consider the Sabbaths to be, um, the eve before to the next eve and some people rock and roll through the night. I'm not that girl. I gotta get, I gotta get my four hours because <laughs> I don't really sleep that well. But absolutely, if you can uh, stay up with your burning candles over the course of um, Samhain or over the course of Yule and over the course of Embolk, it's amazing and beautiful to greet the next day of it. It's it's just gorgeous. And because fire is so heavily associated with Embolk, it makes it even all the more special to do that. So that could actually be your main ritual if you wanted to. This is one. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Samhain, I feel, almost is a little more solitary just because you're greeted with your relatives and your loved ones and your ancestors in that night. And so it doesn't matter if you practice it on your own, but Yule and Embo for sure are kind of more community celebrations. But again, there's nothing wrong with being a solitary witch. When I, uh, you know, end up moving to my new place, I won't know anyone. So I'll probably be doing all my stuff alone or we'll have to do a Skype session in the Facebook group or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, um, you know, you absolutely don't, you absolutely can do it by yourself, but it would be a wonderful time to get together with the coven or just even get together with maybe not practice, practicing witches, but people that you love and care about and let that candle burn down and talk about all of your hopes and your plans and your dreams for this coming rebirth, this blooming season that we're going to be entering. Um, the spells that are really good to focus on during Embolc are spells of creativity, um, spells that create hope, spells that deal with, um, kind of creation and handiwork and fertility think of it as again like the planting seeds time we're planting the seeds now and then we're going to see them blossom and honestly not that long and also as we talked about last week emulk <laughs> i just stop laughing every time i say it i don't know why it's like my favorite word now um is also a day dedicated to breed or as i have always said brigid <laughs> it's spelled b-r-i-d-h I D, I believe, in Celtic and or Celtic, but um, she is a three aspect goddess, which I think we talked about last week. So she is a maiden, a mother, and a crone, and that ties into the fire as well, because um, as a maiden, she rules over poetry, writing, inspiration, and music. As a mother, it's herbalism, midwifery, um, healing, all of those, like honestly, things that we associate kind of with like the idea of the mother and the mother goddess. And then as a crone, she rolled over fire. Oh, I can't wait to get to the crone part of my life. <laughs> I mean, I guess I I am in the maiden part. I haven't written a poem in a while, but I guess I am in the maiden part. I'm going to skip right over mother and just, oh, I'm just going to get to those crone days. It's going to be so good. <laughs> but yeah, so Imolk, uh, it's really a good time to break out that fire once again, gather around that candle, let it burn through the night. And even if you're on your own, which is perfectly fine, preferable, honestly, to a lot of people, really take that time to focus on the spell work that is about expansion. It's about breeding new things. It's a focus on fertility because everything that you're doing right now, when that spring hits again, we're welcoming back the sun and the sun god. It's going to be the right time for all of those things to blossom up. And it's just, it's a cold time, but we see that fertility is starting to creep back in. It's a cold time, but we know we don't have that much longer. So kind of nestle into that coldness and kind of embrace it because it is a space where you can be more still and you don't, there's just not that much to go out and do. There's not that much to go out and see. Although I do love traveling when it's colder outside because I can't deal with a non-AC situation. <laughs> okay. And then the colors associated with Embolc are white, pink, and red. Your stones are your amethyst. And your turquoise, two fan favorites. And then the herbs associated are frankincense, rosemary, wildflower, and dill. Dill is my favorite herb. That's a cooking thing, but I just love the way it smells. But I feel like that's so weird to love the smell of like dill and dill pickles, but I think it smells really good. <laughs> and then it's also known as Groundhog Day, Candle Moss, Blessing of the Plow, Disting, Feast of the Virgin, Festival of the Milk, again, of course. And if you want to somehow incorporate milk, if you want to do the candle burning 
or the fire burning, like you replace the old fire with the new and set the intention of what's coming with the coming spring. And if you want to do an offering of milk, it doesn't have to be ewe's milk, you know? I don't, well, you could probably get that at like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, honestly, or like whatever your local natural food market is. But just in case, you could do an offering of milk just to keep in pace with the roots of this, um, of this Sabbath, of this festival. And, you know, pour one out for your witch homies. Pour one out on the ground because that is what they used to do. Okay, so on to Ostara, the welcoming of springtime. As I said last week, Ostara is named after a Tuatonic. Ooh, I think that was good. Goddess, a Scandinavian goddess of fertility, of rebirth, of spring. You're going to notice... Finally, the cold is dissipating. I mean, we live in the world of severe global warming now, so you might see that cold going away real early. Well, no, actually, I think the effects of global warming are like more severe winter, right? Yeah, like nor'easters and critical severe storms. So, yeah, um, hopefully Ostara can break through when she's meant to, but that's the time where we are going to see all of these things start to spring up you know, literally spring. Here we are. And it's such a beautiful time. It's getting warm outside. Flowers are blooming. The bees are buzzing. If they've recovered from the brink of extinction. I don't know why I keep bringing up so many dark things. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't know why. I, I'm in a good mood. I love this episode. Anyway, um, you know, the, the birds are singing. Life is just anew. So it's a really beautiful time. And that's where you're going to see all that work that you put in when we left Salwin and we were like leaving, you know, shedding, shedding dead skin, shedding dead weight. We're going into a rebirth cycle. That's where it's starting. And we're coming around in the winter. We're planting these seeds. We're doing this magic. We're performing these rituals. And then we're going to get to Ostara. And we're getting to springtime. And it's here. And we're starting to see the fruits, literally, of our labor. And you want to keep that focus. Like all of the spell work and all of the rituals and magic, magic that you're practicing in that time, you're still going to focus on rebirth, renewal, the fertility. Not just, We always talk about this. But, you know, just to reiterate, <laughs> doesn't mean go out and have a baby necessarily. But if that kind of fertility is your focus, then absolutely focus on that. And if the fertility of creativity and ideas and time and support and just things that you feel that you need to be more fertile and embodying in your life, got all my gardening words going, <laughs> this is the time to focus on that. Keep that creativity going. Um, and it's about like harnessing the power of the sun that's around you. Harnessing the power of Mother Earth, they can really come back together because Mother Earth has really, really gone through, you know, her quiet period and is coming back to life as well. And it's just an energy of gratitude and youthfulness. It's the beginning, you know, things are new again, even though we've had our witch new year, new life is starting to spring up. So there is this freshness. I love using the word, for, the word fresh in association with spring. Because that's what how it feels. It feels like life has been breathed into everything again. You know, we're finally back and it's green and it's lush and it's sunshine and it's beautiful. And we survived the quote unquote famine period, you know, that in our time hopefully isn't as treacherous as it was for our ancestors. Green witches, I'm specifically talking to you because this is a time where you are going to start the thing. This is this is when we got to start connecting with the earth. And I, I'm hesitating when I said that because I know <laughs> I am the queen of being like, uh-uh, I'm staying in my house. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too buggy. It's too windy. It's too rainy. Actually, I love going out of the rain, but you know, water sign. That's the only time. But Ostara is the time to go out 
plant your feet in the ground, put your palms on the ground and just soak up all of the earth's energy. The sun God, the sun God is here. We're basking in it. We're basking in it from above. We're basking in it from below. We have the connection. We are like the rod that that energy is passing through and connecting in. And our power is just so strong at that point. You know, it's, it's been simmering. It's been simmering. It's been simmering. And then it's brought to a boil and it's here and it's present. So you have to go outside. I have to, I'm telling you, you're like, yeah, girl, we go outside. You're the one who does it. I have to go outside because that is going to power our magic so much. And so when you're celebrating, um, Ostara, the Sabbat, the Sabbat, Ostara, who I'm putting lots of words together. <laughs> well, just two, but two radically different words from what I'm used to speaking together. Um, you have to really base, we well, don't have to, but it's the best idea to base your ritual around um, being outside. It, it is best to actually touch the earth and be there. And that would be the time if you want to cast your circle outside and bring in the things that are associated with the star, which we'll go over in a second. That would be a wonderful, beautiful time to venture off into a meadow or into the woods. Don't go too far into the woods. I don't want anyone to get snatched up or to the beach or wherever you feel more comfortable, you know, depending on what your element is. That's a wonderful time to do it. So talking about associations or correspondences, as we kind of know them, they come all throughout witchcraft. Our colors are rose, blue, pink, and red. Oh, I love all those warm colors. I Listen, I know I just talk trash about red and green. I just don't like them together. I love the color red. That's my power color. Um, I have a very infamous red dress that I wore for many years right after college. That was very lucky for me <laughs> in many ways. Um, so I love red and I love pink and any, anything along that spectrum, even feeding into like purples on one side and kind of feeding into orange and then into yellow a little bit. I mean, I know that's not the exact spectrum of color, but I just love those warm colors. They're so powerful and they really feel like vitality. They feel so alive. Um, your stones are your moonstones, a forever favorite and your rose quartz. You know, we're technically doing a bunch of crystals this week, <laughs> but we'll still do a crystal of the week. Um, your herbs for your, uh, any rituals or offerings that you want to do are going to be ginger, frankincense, frankincense smells amazing, by the way. If you've only heard of it from like the Christmas story, it smells so good. Jasmine, another amazing smell. Nutmeg, sandalwood. Those are two, by the way, because someone asked about, um, uh, money spells this week. So I, I went back to doing a floor wash. That was what I recommended. And if you go back to the ritual, uh, episode, which I should have called ritual, this is not the time for regrets. I talk about how doing floor washes, uh, keeping nutmeg, sandalwood. This is just a by the by nutmeg, sandalwood, cloves, cinnamon, um, pine oil in your house are always, always a good idea because they bring a lot of luck and a lot of protection. And if you're doing a floor wash or you're doing something in a cauldron and making a potion of another sort, they're wonderful additives to add in. Just, just a witch shopping tip from me to you. <laughs> Um, and then the, we also refer to Astara as Alban Iller. Hope I'm saying that right. I, I'm barely getting through the first words. Easter. Ostara is directly from, I mean, sorry. Easter is directly from Astara, as is the tradition of giving the colorful eggs. That is a pagan tradition associated with Astara because the eggs represent rebirth. They represent this literal, this is a product of a fertile time, <laughs> the fertility and this new life that's bringing forth from it. So that is another tie-in. We give the colored eggs and we do the um, the Easter money, the rabbit, because, you know, rattles, rattles, 
what? Do I have babies on the brain? I don't. I can promise that. Um, rabbits are also obviously known for fertility. You know, get it on like rabbits. They have lots of babies. <laughs> That's not the exact phrase. I can't remember what it is. Doing it like bunnies or something. That's not what this podcast is for. <laughs> I don't want to get, I'm going to get an extra explicit rating this week. Um, but yeah, so the rabbit represents fertility. The eggs represent fertility. As we know, rabbits are mammals, so they don't birth eggs. They have live births. But you got to do what you got to do. So again, we can see the roots when we look at these Christian religions. We can see the roots in paganism and we can see how it was tied together when they're into the conversions, good or bad. It's a whole other conversation we can have. The emphasis was on let's try to make it as comfortable and as um, familiar as possible so we can say, hey, this is this is just like yours. Come on over. It's the water's fine. <laughs> was the water fine? That's up for debate. But Ostara Easter, that is where that word comes from. It's also known as Lady Day and the Waxing Equinox. Um, Ostara is just, I, I think a, it's second to Samhain is my favorite because Easter is my favorite. Um, it's my favorite holiday that I consider like a, a canon Catholic. I mean, it's not just a Catholic holiday, but to me growing up Catholic, Easter was like the business because you got the best candy it was during the spring, so you could wear, like, the cutest outfit. You got to get jelly beans and, like, go sit in the grass with your cousins and eat them. And I also love that it has a feeling of – it is that feeling of rebirth. It is that feeling of new life. Um, not to go into Catholic chat, but it's, it's associated with, with Jesus, you know, emerging from the tomb. I mean, maybe you don't know. Here you go. Um, and being reborn. Well – resurrected I guess would I guess that's the same thing semantics and so there was this levity to it and there was just this lightness and this beauty and airiness to it whereas with other holidays I feel like it can just be a bit heavier especially for the time of year it is so I always loved Easter so Samhain that's my main girl but Easter is a close second I just love it and um for Easter I don't want to give you yet another lighted candle, <laughs> but I do try to have a candle on my altar or a candle and plus offering for all of these Sabbaths. I'm just a candle girl. I just love it. And fire is always really important. And the color connection is always really important. So, you know, burn a candle, <laughs> burn a green candle and just focus any offerings you want to be on the ones that we I just read off. Um, and I'm trying to think what else I usually try to do a real connection to flowers. I'm, I'm someone that's, I mean, let's be like, I'm someone that's really likes flowers. Everyone likes flowers, even though most of us are really allergic to them. I, um, but I find a lot of healing and comfort and inspiration in flowers and how they bloom and just the color variants in them, color variations in them. I don't know. There's something just really striking. So I will try to kind of go with the wreath thing again. So I did the wreath of holly during Yule, during Ostara, I'll do the flower wreath. And it's my way of bringing the earth into my home because I can't always be with the earth. And like I said, I don't, I'm really bad about going outside. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but that is another good kind of um, an acknowledgement of the holiday, of the time of the year, of what we should be focusing on, of the blooming, of the brightness, of the light there. And it's just, you know, it's something that is a nice offering. And so your candle, you got your green candle. You can also get a good, you know what, I'm going to, Come back and rally for brown candles, if I may. Brown candles in the color brown 
are so underutilized and we never really think about them. And I'm going to change that. Brown is the earth itself. It is gorgeous. So we are going to burn some brown candles. Can you even find brown candles now that I've said all this <laughs> and I'm yelling about it? I don't, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever seen just a strictly brown candle. I've seen some that kind of go into the gradients, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to pour some brown candles next year. So holler at your girl. We're going to figure this out because damn it, <laughs> we just, we need to bring that more into the conversation. Um, because you know, brown and green, those are the colors of the earth. Those are what are, that's what's mother earth. That is mothering to us. That is a representation of her. So yeah, we're going to bring brown into the mix. All right. I got myself worked up. <laughs> what else is new? On to Beltane, as I like to call it, or Beltane. <laughs> you drag me. I could be, I, I'm saying it wrong. It's okay. You can drag me. <laughs> but Beltane, I'm just going to say Beltane because we don't need to confuse myself or you anymore. <laughs> I may have already had. Um, I love this one because, okay, so we talk about rebirth and we talk about fertility. These are constant themes that we're kind of working with. A rebirth is not a short process. And being in a season of fertility isn't a short process because, I mean, even thinking about like a, a human gestation, we're going nine months. These are not, these are slow burning things. These are not just like, okay, done and done. So we're always focusing on it. As the first festival of summer, this is really a focus on reap what you sow. Now, <laughs> let's talk about that. What you put out, as we were talking about before with intentions, what you put out is what you will get. What you ask for is what you will get. You got to be specific. You have to be positive. You have to come from a place of light or it's going to backfire on you. And this is a saying that my friends and I say a lot. Um, but not, I'm going to be honest, it's not usually in a good sense. If we say reap so, and we don't even say like, oh, you reap what you sow. We say, oh, reap so. It's usually when someone has been nasty, has been negative, has been harmful, has just been terrible. Just a not very nice person or not very nice thing or not very nice situation will always say, well, reap so because that it's going to, it's going to get you back and it's going to get you back hard three times at least, at least thrice. So what we're saying in this period, we're focusing on reaping and sowing. Think about what you are doing because what you plant is what will grow. Okay. From me to you, what you plant is what will grow. What do you want to grow? Do you want a beautiful, lush um, magnolia tree or do you want a dead plant with a bad attitude? <laughs> like it's just, you got to decide and you have to put the right, the right things out there and the right things forward and push them to the forefront because yeah, what you put out is what you're going to get back and you were going to get it back so much harder than you put it out in the first place. That's why I'm saying be very careful with what you say, especially about yourself and especially in these seasons when we're focusing on fertility. It's, you know, and even to go back to like a pregnancy thing for a second, I, it's so important when women, uh, should I say women are pregnant? It's so important when, when someone is pregnant that they try to make it as hospitable for the baby as possible or babies, um, that they try to be as healthy as possible, as positive as possible, not stress. That, that's the same concept of fertility. You have to make the most loving, hospitable, light, warm environment for anything to do well. You have to nourish. So y'all, what you reap is what you sow.
don't be nasty. Don't don't be nasty to yourself and don't be nasty to other people because you're just going to get nastiness back. And we got enough of that in the world without bringing it on ourselves, you know? <laughs> don't you agree? Um, so the other thing that is a focus of this festival, this Sabbath, um, and we're talking about fertility, is the concept of, like, union and passion and sexuality, which is pretty exciting because we've been, I mean, <laughs> is it exciting? Um, pretty cool because this whole time we've been talking about fertility, 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 rebirth, rebirth, rebirth planting the seeds, if you will. But this is about connection, about union, about, about a connection with another human, you know, or humans, whatever, whatever rocks your boat, whatever floats your boat. So the spell work and magic you would want to focus on in this time would be stuff to bolster sexuality and passion and relationships. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be romantic relationships. Doesn't necessarily have to be fertile relationships. <laughs> doesn't have to necessarily result in any kind of fertility, but it is a good time to bring kind of heat to it because this is another one that we deal with fire a lot. In fact, um, you know, our, our good old witches back in the day who have led the way for us, they would focus on kind of promoting, not promoting, but focus on enhancing their own beauty during Beltane. I don't know why I'm stopping myself. Um, so this is where you would see like the flower crown start to come in, the braiding of the hair, um, jumping over the Beltane fire, all of these things that kind of have an exuberance to them, but also kind of highlight beauty in a way. Bel I like Beltane, man, even though I can't say it. <laughs> I really like it because it, it brings in a, it brings in a connection to another to others and because it deals with a different kind of fire, which is the fire within yourself, as opposed to the fire that has to keep you warm or the fire that is honoring, you know, this goddess or this God. It's the fire that is stoked within you. And I, I like that. I like thinking about that fire. So uh, for this, the associations or correspondences would be bloodstone and sapphire bloodstone. The herbs would be frankincense, honeysuckle. I love honeysuckle so much. I don't know why I said it like a threat, but I love it. Jasmine, St. John's wort, and rosemary. Oh, rosemary is the When I can smell rosemary or thyme outside, I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. Like spring, summer has made it. Actually, when I was in Paros, the entire island like naturally just grows thyme. So that's what it smells like. It smells so good. Why didn't I move there? Um, okay, and then the colors are green, yellow, and red. So we have the earth, we have the fire, and we have the sun. And it's also known as May Day, uh, Rude Mus, and here's a fun word, Walpurgis. <laughs> but you can just call it Beltane, like me, even though that's still not right also. Or you can call it May Day. And to celebrate Beltane, um, so the thing with the fire... <laughs> is that our witchy ancestors would send cattle through to burning fires to protect them from disease before they were sent out to pasture. So I'm going to like guesstimate that you don't have any cattle, <laughs> but something you could do is to go keeping with the fire. You know, I wouldn't say necessarily jump over the fire. Um, I don't want anyone to get burned, but what you could do is just have to burning candles or two small fires that you create outside because you know again we want to return to the earth and walk through them and kind of let that be for you also a cleansing process do not 
light a fire in an area that cannot be uh, contained. <laughs> do not go out into the forest and just do it all willy-nilly, obviously. Disclaimer, do we do not set forest fires. I am from the Smokey the Bear generation. Don't do that. You, If you're going to go out and you want to handle fire, go with someone that knows what they're doing or do some extensive research. You have to create a perimeter. I can tell you that for the fire for it to not get out of hand. And as always, you need to have water um, or, or uh, oh my gosh, what is that thing that you can use to throw on top of it? I can't remember. Have water. So you can put it out. But yeah, you can go through the process of walking through the flame, not through the flame, walking through the two fires themselves to let yourself be cleansed. And then you have the concept or the symbolism of like entering, you know, entering into the pasture, now that you're a cattle, but entering into this new space as you're receiving summer. Um, you can also light your candles as always. You can pull, um, you can, it's a good time for crystal meditation, especially because you can go outdoors and let the sun kind of charge up your candles and soak it all in. Yeah. Or you can get a good old maypole going, <laughs> make a flower crown and, and get a maypole going. There's no difference between a flower crown and, um, and, uh, a wreath. It's a, a hair wreath. It's the exact same thing. God. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Here's a witch kid memory. Um, when I was a kid, that was like one of the first things I did when it was summertime, I would go out and I would make clover crowns. And this is something my older cousins taught me and I'm pretty sure my grandma taught it to them, but, um, oh, it's, I actually still do it. I made my, my dog a flower crown, like not that long ago, but, uh, the easiest way to do it, if you don't want to make something elaborate is you take, um, a flower and the end, you put your fingernail into the stem and you just split it a little bit. And then you feed the next flower through with the stem side going first. So the head of the flower that's thick can't go through and you just make a chain and I remember doing that all summer long. That just came back to me. Yeah. And I just, I did it not that long ago. I had to put it on my dog as a necklace because, you know, she has a little head and she did not like it, but you can do that. That's a way to celebrate Beltane. Uh, don't make your dog do it if they don't want to. Okay. So next we have Letha and that is our summer solstice, also known as midsummer. Again, a beautiful time to take the maypole out break it up, put on your flower crown, get the ribbons and dance around it. I didn't get to do it when I was Sweden. I'm still salty about it, but have no fear. I will find time to do it next year. Hopefully. Oh, although I heard that movie is really scary. So <laughs> may scrap those plans. But as we know, the summer solstice is the opposite of the winter solstice. So instead of having all the darkness, the least amount of sunlight, we have the most amount of sunlight. This is a continuation of Beltane where we're thinking about doing magic and spells and rituals that continue to stoke that inner fire. We can be a little more inward focused. And, um, you know, June, even though it's not for me, it's not my personal belief, June is that time when you see a lot of marriages happening. And that is a correlation to the solstice, to Letha. This unions that we start to see and, you know, sexuality and the connection between people and passion and all those things that we see in Beltane we bring into Letha. And that's a connection to why June is so popular. It's not just because it's really good weather and people have some summertime off. I mean, there's a stronger connection than that. And um, so you're going to, again, see a lot of fire imagery. You're going to see a lot of bonfires. You're going to see a lot of dancing. Just, I mean, I know we talked about this a lot in the summer solstice episode, so I won't make this part as long, but just a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of gratitude for the fact that the sun has come and has graced us for this long. I mean, it, it has returned to us and it's going to grace us in this longest day and then grace us 
until we get back all the way around. And again, the thing, the duality of the holiday is like, it's the longest day of the year. It's the most amount of sunlight we have, but then we're losing sunlight right after, you know, and we're going back down and we're coming back around the wheel. So we talked about it so much already. You know what to do to celebrate summer solstice. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. But (laughs) just in case for Aletha, it's a good thing to burn a candle all day long because, well, especially during the sunlight hours, because again, we're honoring the concept of fire and the bonfires of summer. It's wonderful to, if you can make it, I, I know I slept through it a lot. People in the Facebook group were like, no, 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 I totally slept through my alarm. But if you can get up at the crack of dawn, spend as much waking time in that sunlight as possible. Go and meditate out in that sunlight. Go and charge your candles out in that sunlight. Go and cast a circle out in that sunlight. Connect with the earth in any way that you can. Put those palms on the ground. Put your heels and your feet on the ground. Lay on the ground and, and, and be in it and feel it and feel just gratitude. That's really the word that we have this long day and we can enjoy these long hours. So (laughs) candle is always burn it through. We're honoring the fire with that. And these are the associations with Leafa. My y'all, I, I stopped sneezing, but it makes no difference. (laughs) So the crystals, emerald, jade, our beautiful green crystals, of course, tiger's eye, the, if not the first witch kid stone, witch kids get Definitely the second. Amethyst might be the first. Um, the herbs and fruit associated are apples, daisy, frankincense. Get yourself some frankincense. It's coming up a lot. Lily, oak, orange, and thyme. Again, y'all. Rosemary and thyme. Best combination in the world. Colors are green, yellow, and white. And it's known as Letha, Vestalia, and Whitsuntide. Whits- Whits- <laughs> it's called summer solstice. <laughs> That's what it's called. Um, and then another good thing, if you have the candle, you know, we always want to do like an offering with the candle. That's great. I would do, uh, usually I just do a candle, but I'm liking this idea of like bringing in a natural element as well. You know what I would do? I think I would next summer, cause I do have a ton of tiger's eye cause I was that kid and I continue to be that kid. I would make a circle of the tiger's eye around my candle because it does house like that golden light and that sun energy in it as well as making the cert the cert the salt or brick dust circle around us as a whole yeah I think I'm gonna go with that and maybe an offering of apples and daisies apples always always do an offering of apples they're just so dang on relevant (laughs) all right so that is Letha now we have my favorite we have your favorite we have the best word ever which is lucena lucena (laughs) y'all are getting the home stretch it's gonna be a two-hour episode i swear so this is our next summer festival but we are marking the beginning of harvest season with it hallelujah day it's starting to cool down because i can i'm gonna tell you right now your girl can only take so much summer This holiday is also called Lamas. We talked about that last week. So L-A-M-M-A-S, the Lu, as in Lusana, comes from the Celtic craftsman god Lu, L-U-G-H. So I think it loosely, (laughs) bear with me, I think it translates something to like loose day. I'm, I'm, I'm making like a guess based on etymology. 
why am I doing this? Never mind. <laughs> I don't I don't need to be doing this right now. <laughs> Etymology. What am I talking about? Um so if you're going to decorate your uh sorry, I cracked myself up. What else is new? If you're going to decorate your altar for a loosen out, which of course you should, the colors you would want to focus on would be red, yellow. Um, really think about those earthy, like wheat, oat, harvesty colors. Uh and you can literally do wheats and oats and grains on your as an offering as well, absolutely. And this is another time where we're marking transformation because we're coming out of these just like welteringly hot summer days. We're going to get that first kind of crispness of fall, just a tinge, just a tiny tinge of it. And as we're going, we're like preparing for another harvest season, which is going to be our last harvest because, you know, then we're working our way back to down to winter and down to the coldness. You want to, again, anytime like it's a harvest time and we're focusing on that, you want to focus again on reap and sow. What you reap is what you sow. This is a wonderful time to look at self-betterment, to look at habits, um, to look at, what's another word for habit? Habits. It's just a good time to look at that stuff. Look at what you're doing and look at what you're producing. You know, what you're putting out is what you're getting back. That is a fundamental 101 rule of witchcraft. So with Lucena, Lucena, I, I say it a different way every time. <laughs> I, with this Sabbath, it is, again, a focus on the harvest. So what are you collecting for yourself? What are you going to store? What are you going to collect now? What is growing? What has been planted that you are going to be able to store up and survive off of during the coming winter? What is going to nourish you? It's just a good time to really reflect, you know, to let yourself again, go out. It's so hot. It's okay. I know I hate it too, but it is a good time to go out and just still take in a bit of that earth, take in a bit, a bit of that sunlight. And this is a good space for meditative work, a good space for reflection because you have come all the way from Samhain at this point, and you've come through this coldness, you've come through this rebirth, you've come through the fertility of spring, you've come through two, har two harvests. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, and so it's a good time to stop and evaluate. It's, it's a good time to, to, cause here's the thing in the heat, it, it breeds a little bit more of a quiet and it breeds more of a settling down because you can't, you just can't, move as much as when it's a little more light and a little more and by light I mean like the heat isn't oppressive and just sitting on top of you like it is right now even though we're not even close <laughs> to loosen it yet well we're kind of close but yeah it's a it's a good time to sit and take evaluation of how your fertile period was going of what you harvested what you planted what you are collecting now and how it's going to nourish you and how it's going to serve you that is what our witchy ancestors had to do they had to say okay we have this expands with time left and then we're going to have to shut it down and we're going to be returning to the cold. So what have we, what are we going to do and what are we making the best of? You, you have to take the time to just sit down and be quiet. Sometimes <laughs> I'm saying that as someone who likes to talk, who loves to talk, but you really do have to sit down and make the evaluation. And if you can, if you can stand doing it outside in your natural element and listen to what the earth is telling you and, and, again, be a rod for that energy, that sun energy coming down and that earth energy coming up and let it kind of meet in the middle, which is you. It has a lot of answers and revelations for you that 
you may have missed. And the revelry of all these celebrations you may have missed. So it's, it's okay to be a little bit quieter quieter during Lucina. And so our associations for this or correspondences are the crab apple. Love that. <laughs> I just love that word. Ginseng, grapes, potato, berries. Colors are green, orange, yellow, and red. Because, you know, not quite yet, but we're going to start seeing that change of color that's going to sweep through. The reds and the oranges and the yellows are going to start to appear a little more from the greens. Um, and it's also known as First Harvest, Lad Day, Llamas, and Saracalia. Going back to um, the candles and offerings, if that's what you'd like to do. I, now that I said it out loud because I wasn't making the connection at first, porn is absolutely um, the best the best uh, offering to kind of make. Or not even, I don't know if I'm using offerings the right word, but kind of the best representation. If you want to think of these as representations versus offerings to make. You know what I would do? And this is another thing that just hit me from my childhood that I used to love so much. I would make a corn husk doll. My mom had a corn husk doll. I gotta go see if she still has it. I'm about to steal it if she does. But that was one of those things that I was so obsessed with as a kid. I was just fascinated with it. I love the way that it felt on my skin. It's like a dried corn husk. You um, It's not that difficult to make. You can YouTube it for sure. Um, but yeah, it's not the green, you know, when you pull the cut. It's like a dried corn husk. And it's this beautiful grainy, um, like a taupe color taupe so bougie <laughs> like a beautiful neutral color like a sandy brown almost and um you can make a little doll out of it and have that sit next to your candle if you want to do like an orange or a red or a yellow and have your little corn husk doll it's just a, again a nice little reminder of what the season offers to us about reaping and sowing and about um which we, we should be focusing on and what it has given to us. I love that little corn husk doll so much. Where is she? I'm going to, I'm going to find her somehow. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do some investigating when I, yeah, I'm going to find that doll. <laughs> when I go home, I'm going to find that doll. It was, I was so obsessed with that as a kid. And that's another witch. That's a witch kid thing. And that's an, I'm having like recovered witch kid memories all the time talking about like stuff on this podcast and in the Facebook group. Uh, and an e when y'all email me, I'll get like triggered a lot too, because we have such similar experiences. But yeah, being into a porn husk doll, <laughs> that's such a witch kid thing, because it's just this natural, faceless, I mean, not in a scary way, but it's this this doll made of this natural earth element, uh, not element, but something that is brought forth from the earth that is a gift to us that we can, you know, then kind of offer back in a way. And I, I was so in love with that thing. No, no Barbies for me. I corn husk dollar bust. <laughs> okay, we are in the home stretch. Y'all stick it out with me. We're almost done. So finally, we have Moldron, which roughly translates to mother. This is also our autumnal autumnal equinox. Um, whereas Astara is our vernal equinox. So this is where the daylight and the nightlight. <laughs> nighttime, the darkness, the light and the darkness are going to be equal to each other. If you didn't know it was coming before, this is a definite signifier that we are creeping our way back to Samhain and we are embracing kind of this idea of death again. So then we can embrace the idea of life right after. And we, even though we are approaching the cold, we're approaching the shortest day, we're approaching the snow and the darkness. But as we talked about this whole episode, and as we know, it's still a great time to get our witch shit together <laughs> to get a lot of stuff done because our new year comes early, baby. So we're way ahead of everyone. 
Um, during the Sabbath, it's the magic and the spells and the rituals you're going to want to focus on are of Thanksgiving, of balance, of striking harmony, especially because you're about to enter a period where you're going to be inside a lot more. So striking harmony, especially not just within ourselves and within our like interpersonal relationships within the home are very important. Also, um, gratitude and you're going to want to find a balance between light and dark because you know, equal day, equinox, that's the day we have to do it. So in the traditional sense, we have talked about the sun god, but we also have the concept of the maiden, this goddess that comes and throughout this year while we're going through the wheel is in, in some beliefs mating with the sun god. And that's where this concept of like fertility comes into play a lot again. So it is believed by some that the autumn, autumnal equinox, <laughs> why is that word? That's one of my favorite words too, autumnal. I think it sounds wonderful. It's just hard for me. Um, Modron, when we have the word mother again, she has gone, you know, this whole cycle and is, is here as a mother now. She will leave us again. She leaves us and the fertility is was at its peak and now things are starting to go brown. Things are starting to die off. We have collected our harvest and now it is again the time to just enjoy the fruits of our labor, to come into the home more, to celebrate the hard work. And to find more rest and to find more, um, kind of more peace in that time. You're not having to work as hard. So like where we have with Lucina before, Lucina, I'm not going to keep saying it. <laughs> you have the slowing down starting to happen where it's okay to just sit and kind of reflect and be in the sun. And now you have it even more because there's nothing else to collect. We've done the work. So it really is a more of a peaceful space we're entering and even though it's a slowing down and it's kind of this this kind of movement toward a dying ending period, it's it's light and it's beautiful and it's it's still to be celebrated and still to be enjoyed. And really a time to come together with your coven and enjoy the fruits of your collective labor, you know, come together with your family if you're close with your family, if you're not, rock it with your coven. If you're solitary, rock it with yourself. <laughs> you can't do it wrong. Um, so the correspondences with this for the associations are um, amethyst and topaz. I think we talked about topaz had to have been a crystal of the week. Um, but if you get like a good golden yellow topaz, mm, 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 it just radiates. It is so gorgeous. Um, that's absolutely something I would add to my altar um, for this Sabbath. Herbs and crops are acorns. I love acorns. They're so cute. Corn, frankincense. Again, get yourself some frankincense. Um, oak and wheat. I would venture to say you can also have a corn dust, corn, corn dust, corn husk doll. Listen, we're almost at two hours. I, that's why I'm just falling apart at this point. <laughs> you can also have a corn husk doll, or I would even venture to have a corn, um, like the one I had, actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the one that I had was like a maiden. It represented the maiden. Huh? Okay. Yeah. You're not a witch mom. Keep going with that. Um, <laughs> the colors are brown and orange. And um, it's also known as Mabon. We say Modron. Yes. Mabon, Albin, Elfer, Harvest, Second Harvest, and Wine Harvest. Clink, clink. Let's do it. <laughs> so for this, I would um, do an offering or a representation on your altar of all those natural um, uh, harvested items we just talked about. I would do the corn husk all again. I would do the acorns. 
I would do wheat or grain in some capacity. I would make sure to focus on having orange, yellow, red, brown again on my, um, on my altar, especially with the brown because everything is moving towards brown. Oh, I hate saying that because it makes it sound like brown means death, but that's not true. It just means that it's completed its cycle and it's, it's served its purpose, purpose, which is beautiful. And also, you know, a lot of wheats and oats and stuff are brown, I would say. So it's nourishing to us. So yeah, justice for brown candles is the point of this. We're bringing, we're, we're bringing them back. I don't know if they ever were, but we're, it, they are for us. That's the point. <laughs> so I would set my, um, melter with that. And it really is a, just a good, again, celebration to bring the coven together, to light your candles together, to sit up and talk all night, to just relax, to drink the wine to sit in the fruits of your labor and to take a deep breath and release it and enjoy. So those are our eight Sabbaths in a very tight nutshell. <laughs> There's definitely more. And going forward, I will talk about them on the actual uh, celebration day. Because one, it's always good to have a refresher. And two, there's just so much more. There's a lot of uh, God and Goddesses associations I didn't mention there's more rituals, obviously. There's more spell work, obviously, associated with them. There's there's a lot. There's a lot more history to them. But we got to keep this under two hours. It'll it won't be under two hours. But we got <laughs> we got to keep this down to a shout. And so there you are. Those are the eight Sabbaths of the Wiccan Wheel. Those are our festivals, our holidays. The next one is Lucina, and we're gonna do the damn thing. Okay, let's do our crystal of the week, and then we will say our goodbyes until next Wednesday. I wanted to do something this week that is another kind of witch essential because we're talking about the eight Sabbaths, which is such a bedrock of um, witchcraft. And so we need another essential stone that every witch should have in their wheelhouse. <clears throat> no pun intended. So I wanted to do carnelian. I don't know if you all are familiar with it. It's not your amethyst. It's not your rose quartz. It's not your moonstone. But carnelian is an app. So, and you're going to be like, yeah, Mickey, we know. We know what it is. We're witches. Duh. <laughs> but just in case you don't, carnelian is a gorgeous brown, red, yellow stone. A little hint of orange in there. It, it's kind of akin to a tiger's eye, but a little more fire inside of it, which makes perfect sense because it is... Whew, powerful. Talk about your vitality. Talk about boosting your self-confidence. Talk about boosting your creativity. Talk about bringing like a truth and a power to your methods of self-expression. It's actually known as the singer stone because it bolsters so much creativity and it has a link between creativity and like mental capacity and confidence. So it's something that is actually advised to bring on auditions to make you shine like the stone itself, even if you are kind of nervous, which <laughs> trust me, I've been through plenty of auditions in my life and they are the worst. It also helps when you have any kind of performance and associated performance anxiety, which means whether you have to give a talk in front of your entire class and if you have to give a presentation at work, if you have to perform with um, someone intimately, for example, and you may be a little nervous, Carnelian really, really boosts your self-confidence, really gives you an energy and a vitality. It's a very energetic stone. I actually wanted to do this one too, because I knew after talking for this long, I'd be like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> so 
<laughs> to pick my energy back up. So it is restorative uh, in that same sense. And that's why I really, really love this stone. It is so beautiful. And in closing out with Lucina and uh, uh, Modron, not Motrin, Modron, <laughs> not like the pill, not like the headache medicine. I wanted to focus on this because I I do love those colors, those foam colors. You know, when you start to see the leaves change, you're like, okay, whew, we've made it again. Everything is going to be good. And it just brings these, it really does bring like a happiness and a warmth to all of us. So that this stone is very much aligned with those colors. And that's another reason I wanted to bring it up. And just like Bloodstone before last week, um, it's a good stone to work in conjunction with it because it also focuses on a purity and a cleaning of the blood and on improving circulation. So it's not the bloodstone, but it is a bloodstone. And I think just thinking about our blood and like what it does for our bodies and how it is so essential to us. I think it really is, especially cause like what happened to my mom last week and just seeing blood pouring out of her poor eyebrow. Oh, poor baby. It just made me so much more aware of how important blood is. And, you know, it's something that we use in rituals and spells so much. And we'll definitely talk about blood magic at some point. Not not too far off. Eh, maybe a little far off. Um, but it, it is something so essential. And one of the first things you actually kind of ever see about witches, hello, um, the craft, is that they use blood in their rituals. And so I just wanted to do another stone too that focuses on blood because I'm still just kind of in that mind space. So the bloodstone and uh, the carnelian together are both for that kind of blood vitality as well. So I think it's just an absolutely dazzling stone. And that, my loves, my baddies, is our crystal of the week. We made it. <laughs> One hour and 53 minutes with not a minute to spare. We are done with this episode. Thank you so much for sticking it out with me. I know this is a whopper of an episode. This will probably be our longest one ever because your girl is spent. <laughs> it was a lot of talking and a lot of explaining. Whew. All right, I'm going to go um, make an offering of myself, I think, of a glass of wine because I earned it. <laughs> okay. I, uh, oh, shit, we can't, housekeeping. We got to do that first. Okay. So, uh, the bad witch podcast at gmail.com hit me up anytime. I will get back to you as soon as I absolutely can. Um, the Facebook group search bad witch on Facebook and it will come up. Look for our little logo and, uh, the question to, uh, get in, even though I literally just talked about it is what movie is mentioned almost every week. The answer is the craft. Although someone else did say flubber today and I, screamed. And finally, the Patreon is patreon.com slash badwitch. Go and sign up. For $1, you get a shout out. I don't remember the rest of the levels right now because I am very tired, but uh, you get yes, no readings. You can get a full reading. You can get bonus episodes. You can get witchy mail, all kinds of levels. So it's a cool place to be. Join if you want. All right, baddies. I love you. You're the best. You mean the world to me. I hope you have a wonderful, safe 4th of July. I know we're witches. I know we're drawn to fire. If you go to a bonfire, if you're dealing with fireworks, make good decisions. Use your intuition. Don't do anything too wild. I'm going to be staying home because I'll mess with that stuff. But <laughs> you're probably more social than I am. So please just be safe. So you can join me here next week for another episode of Bad Witch. I love you. Blessed be and goodbye.